This episode of Spawned is brought to you by Milk Life. With half of all kids nine and up falling short on essential nutrients like calcium, vitamin D, and potassium, it's nice to know there's an easy way to get them the nutrients they need in their diets. Milk. Whether you're packing it in lunch boxes instead of sugary juice drinks, offering a glass with their after-school snacks, or hey, just baking and cooking with it. Milk Life even offers tons of great recipes right on their site. Visit MilkLife.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner and we're the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode of Spawned, we are talking about kids and nutrition with a top pediatrician, you probably know her, kids health expert and author, Dr. Tanya Altman. And as always, we'll close out our show with our Cool Picks of the Week. So Kristen, you want to tell us a little bit more about Dr. Tanya? She's pretty awesome. Yes. Wow. We are so pleased to welcome Dr. Tanya, who you may know better as, well, Dr. Tanya, but her full name is Dr. Tanya Altman. I've got her book right in front of me. She is a UCLA-trained pediatrician. She's a best-selling author, network television parenting expert, and she's an American Academy of Pediatrics spokesperson. That's awesome. Yeah, she's, you know, no big whoop. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like every pediatrician does, basically. But she's also, like you said, she's the author of some amazing books, like What to Feed Your Baby. You guys, if you saw the cover, you'd be like, I know that book because it's basically like everywhere. It's in pediatricians' offices. I see it all over the place. Like every new mom has this book. This year, she came out with Baby and Toddler Basics, Expert Answers to Parents' Top 150 Questions. And she's a consultant and spokesperson for our sponsor, Milk Life, because she knows so much about kids and nutrition. So we're excited to get to ask her a zillion questions (laughs) about feeding kids, (laughs) better nutrition without having to pay for a trip to California and a doctor's office visit. (laughs) So welcome, Dr. Tanya. Well, thank you so much. I'm blushing. I'm really excited for our discussion today. So are we. We're so glad to have you. I mean, you're like, you know how when someone has a doctor in the family, they always joke that like at every family gathering, (laughs) everybody goes up to that person. They're like, hey, I have like this little thing in my neck. And hey, would you mind looking at this thing on my nose? Like, do you get that a lot as a pediatrician? You know what I do at my kids' soccer games? There's always like a line of moms right behind to ask me questions. And my husband's like, come on, pay attention. Our kids are playing soccer. Stop talking. But you know, I I love helping people and I love kids and I feel like, you know, it's something that I can do. I'm not very crafty. So I might ask you for help making my kids Halloween costumes, but yes, I can help you figure out how to raise your child, you know, in the best way possible and make sure they're getting all the nutrition they need. Well, Kristen will have to give you the costume sewing tips. That's not my department. Oh, (laughs) neither of us can do that, but we can tell you where to get a hot bag and a pair of shoes, Dr. Tanya. So we got you covered in that department. (laughs) I love that as well. So since you see so many patients and talk to so many parents, not just at soccer games, but, you know, in your office and everywhere else, what do you think are parents' biggest struggles right now when it comes to nutrition and feeding kids? Is there anything that kind of seems to be very right now that you're noticing as a trend? Well, I think families are all so busy. I mean, I'm a mom of three boys who are all moving in different directions. You know, we live very busy lifestyles. We're used to things right when we want them immediately. And because they're in that sort of convenient grab-and-go lifestyle, parents are having trouble when it comes to making sure that their 
kids get all the nutrition that they need. That's when they don't grow as tall as they should. That's when they aren't able to play as hard as they can after school and sports or concentrate as well during the day. So nutrition is really one of the most basic essential things. You know, it's not their fault. Every parent is trying their best, but they don't realize their kids aren't getting enough of it. Yeah, Kristen, you had that great question on our Recipe Rescue Facebook group this week about kids and breakfast. Yes. That was fascinating. What was your takeaway from that? Well, there were a lot of people on our, we have a Recipe Rescue Facebook group, Dr. Tanya, and one of my questions, I have four kids, I have one boy, three girls, and three of the four are just not breakfast eaters. I have tried everything from smoothies to waffles to sausages to, you know what I mean? Like, I'll give them to you in a napkin. I'll wear them in a bow. I'll put them, you know, I'll do a funny dance. <laughs> Will you eat them with a bow? <laughs> the Dr. Seuss method of feeding your kids breakfast. But it is very challenging. I'm just curious to know if there's one thing that they really need to get in the morning, what would it be? Is it protein? Is it a carbohydrate? Where should I focus my energy in the morning? That's a great question. And I spend a lot of time um, doing meal planning with my families and, you know, taking detailed nutrition histories. And really, I find that so many kids are lacking in protein in the morning. And that's the one thing that their brain really needs for focus and concentration. So I usually say, you know what, a piece of plain toast won't cut it. Um, A bagel and cream cheese won't cut it. Dry cereal won't cut it. You got to have that glass of milk. You got to have some eggs. You got to have some nuts, you know, depending on what you like. But one of the things that I find, you know, is just easiest and kids really like it is just adding a glass of milk to your morning breakfast routine. So if you have cereal with a glass of milk, or let's say you do want that, you know, avocado toast, you know, just add a glass of milk to it. So that way your child can get that good high quality serving of protein in the morning, which we know will help them focus and concentrate throughout the day at school and keep them full longer. And that way they won't crave all that junk food that, you know, we're always trying to keep out of their day. That's awesome. Also, smoothies are really good. Like a lot of people in the group brought that up as well. Like I brought that up. Yes. Because that like when my kids are like rushing out the door, if we just do a smoothie with milk, Greek yogurt, berries, or sometimes I'll do like peanut butter, Nutella, just like change it up and get a little more protein. They don't feel like they have to sit down and eat breakfast, but they're still getting something halfway decent into their system. Yeah. I hope. (laughs) Is that Dr. Tanya (laughs) Definitely. You're absolutely right. I think smoothies are a great way to get nutrition into kids. They taste good. They're fun. They're convenient. You can drink them in the car on the way to school. But I always ask my families, what is going into your smoothie? Because it's really easy to make a super healthy, good tasting smoothie. But there's also a lot of empty calorie smoothies I see kids drinking in the morning. So, you know, if you use a cup of milk, when you combine that with, you know, fruit or spinach or nut butters, it's so easy to pack that with nutrition to really help fuel them for the day. I think that's great. And actually, speaking of protein, I'd like to know your opinion on this because there's so much debate in the parenting community, even among experts and other pediatricians, even our own pediatricians (laughs) that we go see. Like there's different doctors in the practice and they have different opinions about how much protein kids should be consuming. What do you recommend? Like, what do you think? Because I'm confused. So, you know, that's, that's another great question. And I usually say you can't overdose on real food protein. So I try to calm parents down and say, you know, listen, I don't want you to focus on counting grams of protein, counting grams of sugar, counting calories. You know, it's better to just choose healthy foods and make sure that every meal and snack your child has, has a healthy source of real food protein in it. But when you're talking about all those artificial processed forms of protein, like let's say bars, morning breakfast, sausages, and things like that, that's where you have to be a little careful. So go ahead and have milk in the morning, have your eggs, have your nuts for snacks, have your 
cheese, have your yogurt, and just get some of that in with every meal and snack, and then your child is going to be fine. Um, You mentioned sausages. Do you mean like that they're processed breakfast sausages? So, you know, some of those frozen sausages that might have processed soy in them uh, yeah. or things like that, that's where you got to be a little careful or the bars or even the protein powders. Yeah, actually, our own pediatrician just told me that last week. I asked about protein powder because my daughter needs more protein. And she was like, you know, you don't know what's in that stuff. Like, I was surprised how kind of skeptical her response was. I thought she would like have a brand she liked. And she's like, just put in almonds, put in peanut butter. If she likes that almond butter, like she said, try to find real sources of protein. So really the same thing you're saying. So this makes me feel good about my pediatrician. <laughs> so thank you. She sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you just don't know what's in that stuff. She's like, but you know, if you're giving them nuts, you know what's in nuts. And so I, I, I thought that was good. And I'm fortunate my kid doesn't have a nut allergy because obviously some parents have to find other alternatives. So let me ask you then about kids and sugar. Do you think there's still kind of a big increase in sugar consumption among kids right now? Or, you know, are we more knowledgeable and doing better? What's what's happening with that these days? You know, I think every family is different, but there are a lot of added sugars in common foods and drinks that, you know, parents will serve their kids. So they don't often realize. And reading labels can get kind of tricky because there's natural occurring sugars like you'll find in dairy products and milk in fruit. And I always tell parents, you can't overdose on naturally occurring sugar. That's totally healthy. That's important for your body. But in order to figure out how much added sugar is in many products, you have to compare it to a plain version of the same product. So a lot of juices, um, milk, alternative beverages, they have a lot of added sugar in them, the same as processed foods. And also a lot of things that your children might normally eat, like breakfast cereals, you know, all of these things you got to kind of take a look at and compare to a healthier version to see how much added sugar is in there. And that's something that you really don't want kids to have, especially in the morning before they head off to school. You know, we were talking earlier, I, I really loved our conversation about planning ahead when it comes to breakfast and food so that we don't have to rely on so many kind of pre-prepared packaged processed foods. Can you talk a little bit about your theory about that? Definitely. So we are all so busy in the morning, right? Your kids wake up, you have about 45 minutes to get them dressed, fed, you know, out the door to school. And if you're waking up earlier than that, I'm actually trying to help my parents and families shorten their morning routine because kids need more sleep as well. So it's much better to let them sleep in and plan breakfast the night before, even prepare it. And I'll tell you in a minute some easy ways that I like to do that. Um, lay out their clothes, make sure their backpacks are already packed, and just prep your morning routine the night before. That way, everybody can get that extra 15 or 20 minutes of sleep because who doesn't need more sleep in the morning? And you know what? That actually is something our last guest, KJ Delantonia, said. Kristen, do you remember yes, that? Yes, I do. She just wrote an amazing book. If you haven't read it, Dr. Tanya, you should read it. It's great. It's called How to Be a Happier Parent. Is yep. that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of her tips is that you are unhappy when you don't get enough sleep. And something as simple as going to bed earlier and planning stuff the night before so you don't have to get up so early literally makes you a happier family overall. So I, I I love that connection that it wasn't just about taking care of your kids, but taking care of yourself. Definitely. When we don't get enough sleep, we are for sure more grumpy parents. And I, I see that in myself. I definitely see that in my husband. Hopefully he's not listening right now. Um, but yes, I mean, we, we all need sleep. Not only is it good, you know, for kids because they grow at night when they're sleeping and they need sleep so they can focus and concentrate during the day at school and also to stay more healthy. But as you mentioned, so they don't melt down. So they're not as grumpy. So they're, so they're happier. So what I like to do is make breakfast at 
night. So for instance, Sunday night, I will scramble a dozen eggs or I'll make overnight oatmeal. Okay, wait, hold on a second. You cook eggs the night before? And your kids eat and them? How do, how, what do you do in the morning? I mean, I, I love overnight oats, but I've never heard about cooking scrambled eggs the night before and I love this idea. So please... Tell me, how do I do this? I know. Yeah. So I scramble a dozen eggs Sunday night, or let's say I make a lot of um, French toast or my protein pancakes on Sunday. I always make extras for Monday morning because you can reheat scrambled eggs, even in the microwave, um, and they taste the same. Your kids do not know the difference. Oh, I am so all over this. I'm giving it a try. Wow. You know what what my trick is, Kristen? We just taught my 11-year-old how to make scrambled eggs. Perfect. (laughs) She's scared to cook. She's like terrified of things splattering on her for some reason. And so John, my boyfriend, finally sat her down and was like, I'm making you make your own scrambled eggs. And now she loves doing it so much that she's making her own breakfast. So that's my tip for sleeping later. There you go. She can make her own breakfast, but she could do it the night before because she likes to sleep too. Your 11-year-old can sleep. So. <laughs> she likes to All sleep. All right. So let's <laughs> talk about school lunch because for so many of us, not every meal is in our own hands, right? A lot of us are making lunches, but there are a lot of kids, and including mine, that buy lunch as well, especially as they get older. So I'm wondering... Your thoughts on school lunch programs, are they better than they used to be? Are there things that we should be directing our kids towards getting at a school lunch program versus not? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. So, you know, kids do eat about half of their calories and nutrition out of your home. So, you know, there is often only so much control you have as they get older. That's a great, wait, I just want to put a fine point on that because that's fascinating that they get about half their calories outside of your home. That's huge. That's really interesting. I never thought about it that way. They, They really do. So, of course, when they're young, you want to teach them the right things to choose. But as they get older, you can't micromanage everything. So what I recommend, number one, is keeping the home a really nutritious, safe environment that doesn't have a lot of extra junk and processed foods. And then when your kids are out of the house, of course, you're going to guide them. You're going to pack healthier lunches. You're going to teach them things to choose at school. But sometimes you can't totally be in control of that. And that's okay because as your kids get older, they do need to learn to make their own decisions when it comes to nutrition and a healthy lifestyle. I feel like whenever my kids are like, I want to buy school lunch. I'm always thinking in my head, it's just going to be like a soft pretzel. (laughs) (laughs) And like some really terrible combination of sauces that they're going to end up dipping it in. So I do try to guide them. I don't know how much it works, but I, you know, I like the idea that they do have better options and that they can. I I guess it's a novelty too, right? Liz, like, I don't know about your kids, but my kids is just like fun to do. Not mine. Not yours? They hate school lunch. They hate it. It's like torture. It's like the idea of making your kid eat the school lunch in the school is akin to torture. They'd rather eat nothing. And sometimes, honestly, that like they forgot their lunch that one time or whatever, they'll be like, I had a piece of bread. (laughs) And so I've just learned like to make sure that we are set in the snack department for when they get home. (laughs) I think it really depends. I mean, the schools vary widely across the country, but I do find that most school districts do a good job of providing a healthy, balanced lunch. Most of them serve milk. They serve water. They don't serve juice. They serve protein like a turkey sandwich or chicken salad. They have fruit options. Some schools have, you know, desserts also, which I think, again, you have to teach kids how to eat everything in moderation and have 
have good balance because you don't want to deny them, you know, any areas or teach them that any certain foods are like bad or forbidden. And I actually, you know, packing school lunches is sort of one of the things that I would rather not do. And so I actually like when my kids want to buy lunch at school. But again, every every school's different. And so it kind of depends on the choices that they have. Well, I'm sure we have a lot in common, but the fact that we don't love to pack school lunches is definitely one of them. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say, I really appreciate your comment about moderation, because I think that is an important skill that many of us adults did not learn, but that we can teach our kids. Because as they get older, there are going to be temptations. They're going to be able to eat the entire dozen donuts, you know, wherever they go if they want to. And so I love the idea of saying everything could be on your plate, if you will, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to eat every single thing all the time and all of it. So I just I just wanted to point that out. I appreciate hearing that. So let me ask you like one more question, because I, I think this is like really helpful for our listeners. What do you do about kids who won't drink a glass of milk? Like I know it's an easy solution and I'm lucky because my kids drink milk and they like it. And so I can say drink milk, not juice, and they'll drink sure. it. So you're right that most kids do like a glass of milk. And if parents offer it, you know, they will drink it. But there's so many other ways to incorporate milk um, and the nutrition into it, into your, your daily lifestyle and your child's, you know, meal planning. So for instance, you can make your smoothies with a cup of milk. You can add it to oatmeal. My three-year-old had oatmeal with milk today. And as I was pouring the milk in, I was thinking like, well, I'm just packing his oatmeal with extra protein and calcium and vitamin D. Um, you can also use it when you make things like macaroni and cheese or soup or pancakes. Almost any recipe I make that calls for water, I will try to substitute in milk just because I know I can get more nutrition into what my kids are eating. And I think it's all about making sure that everything that your kids eat is nutrient rich and not just, you know, wasted calories or empty things that are just going to fill up their tiny tummies. Well, I like the idea of adding milk to things that aren't milky because I have kids who are not milk drinkers. They don't even like cheese. They don't even like yogurt. The idea of putting it in oatmeal specifically is one, just for our listeners out there who are like, my kid won't drink milk or whatever. I love that idea. That's a big one for us is that we make the oatmeal. It's great with overnight oats because I think you can get a little more in there. I think it gets a little soupy if you make it fresh in the morning, but that overnight oats for us has been really key. So yeah, that's a good one for people like my kids who are like, no, no yogurt. No smoothies, <laughs> no milk. <laughs> I am so grateful that my kids will eat like all dairy-based products because that's pretty much like I could give up chocolate before I'd give up cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, and it doesn't even have to soak overnight. For instance, my husband makes oatmeal a lot when he wakes up in the morning because my older kids get up before my three-year-old and it literally just soaks for an hour. And then when my three-year-old gets up, I warm it in the microwave, add more milk to it. So it's not quite as thick for him and he enjoys it. And it, it didn't even soak all night long and it's, you know, really delicious. Oh, see, that's also good. The other thing is that I think people hear overnight oats and like you said, they go like, oh no, I have to like wait 24 hours. Like, you know, so it's great to hear that if you even just for like an hour or a couple hours, it gets the same effect. So good to know. Well, listen, I'm hoping that these tips are really helpful yes. for parents because I mean, yes. we all just want to do the best. We're all struggling. We all make mistakes. We all have good days too, which we can celebrate. And <laughs> this is really helpful. And plus there's like tons of great information in your book, Dr. Tanya, What to Feed Your Baby. It's not even just for babies. Like, I was really enjoying reading this, and my kids are eight years from babyhood, at least. Oh, thank you. You know, and I hear that a lot. A lot of dads will look at my book and say, wow, this is everything I should be eating. <laughs> so tell us where else our listeners can find you and get more information and learn more about what you're up to. I'm I'm everywhere, actually, but drtanya.com and 
Goods.com is my office, and I try to blog fairly often about topics, whether it's car seat safety or, you know, the important nutrition that your kids need, ways to incorporate milk into your child's diet. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Dr. Tanya Altman. So please, um, you know, send me questions. I love helping families out and giving them tips to raise healthy, happy kids. Yeah, and you're on Dr. Tanya Altman with two N's on Twitter and on Facebook. So she's super easy to find. And we know all of you are on social media all the time because so are we. And that's what moms do these days. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, now it's time for one of my favorite parts of our podcast. Cool Picks of the Week. Cool Picks of the Week. And Dr. Tanya, you're our guest. You get to go first. I can't wait to hear what you've got. So I wear contact lenses and my eyes water a lot during the day. And almost every mascara runs on me. So I'm always looking for a mascara that won't run throughout the day. And I recently found Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S Cosmetics. Yeah. Liquid Lash Extensions. And I don't have any relationship to this company whatsoever, but I love their mascara because you can layer it on. So if I'm doing an on-camera segment, I just put a couple coats on. It literally looks like I have lash extensions and I can also wear it all day when I'm out running around at the park with my kids or seeing patients in the office and it does not run because it like tubes the lash. This is like an awesome recommendation. Kristen and I are obsessed with mascaras. As our (laughs) listeners know, we're always like, trying every possible like she's actually done the lash extensions i've used like the fake lash extension type stuff but this sounds really good liquid lash extensions mascara from thrive cosmetics i discovered it last month and i have them everywhere at home at my office in my purse and it's cosmetics i feel like you know linda richmond's when i say cosmetics (laughs) it's not a long island accent it's cause that's fantastic (laughs) all right liz what do you got oh okay me cool yeah yeah you can go well So there's been lots of talk, as you might have heard, about the Colin Kaepernick ads for Nike. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about a totally different Nike ad that is amazing. Oh, I love this one. They launched a brand new Mexican women's soccer ad with the theme, Vamanos, let's go. Yes. As everybody who listened to Dora with their kids knows. Indeed. Right in time for Hispanic Heritage Month. It is so great. I cannot wait to link this up on our site. Basically, it's Nike's first ad that celebrates the women of Mexico. And Kristen, you've seen it, right? Dr. Yes. Tony, have you seen this? You know what? I haven't, but I'm loving that idea. I'm going to I'm gonna check you it out. You have to. It's so good. It features all these like badass Latina athletes, like soccer players, gymnasts, women boxers. Yeah. And they're it's essentially really cool. like sprinting through, you know, they have really bad traffic in Mexico City. So they're sprinting through a, a traffic jam in Mexico City. But the whole thing's like a giant metaphor for being a woman in general, <laughs> not just an athlete. It is so good and so inspiring and so awesome. And so kudos to Nike for doing something amazing, honoring Latina women athletes. It's really a wonderful ad. Yeah, that's a good one. Good pick. And then mine kind of goes along with fitness. I'm picking yeah. the Gixo fitness app, oh. which I've started using. I put it up on Cool Mom Tech, and it actually allows you to get live fitness classes right on your phone so you can work out from home. And it's it's literally a person in your ear coaching you through the videos that they have up. And what I love is that they're only like 15 minutes, but then you could go 40 minutes if you want. They've got yoga. They've got hit classes. They've got strength. And you could even do running and walking. But it's so cool. In fact, um, my daughter Margot decided to do one with me, and it was fun. She got to wave to the trainer, and he said her name and said hello to her. So if Ooh, people are looking wow. to like work out at home, like me, it's a really, 
really great idea. Yes, Liz, I'm thinking of you for this. So anyway, Gixel. I know that's great because I'm like too embarrassed to go to the gym still. So I do everything there from you home. Do. Plus, I like this pick. It's like in keeping with this whole theme today about yes. busy parent tricks. So Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. I that from my office too during lunch. You know, yes. hey, let's do a lookout at my desk. Yep. All you got to do is pop your headphones in. Okay. So we'll all check in together in yes. a week or two and see how our Gixo Fitness app progress is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawn. Huge thanks to our engineer, John Bowen. And hey, huge thanks to you, our listeners, because without our listeners and without me and Kristen, we'd have no show, but mostly without <laughs> you. We could even have a show with us doing nothing and you could still listen. So really, you make the show. I love the way you got there, Liz. I was wondering where you were going. I was working it. I was working it. You got there. You got there. So listen, leave us a review on iTunes and make sure to subscribe. You can do it right now while you're listening. And please, please download our episodes. It actually helps other people find us. I know it doesn't make sense because it's on your phone, but just trust us when we say when you do that, we love you even more than we already did. Algorithms (laughs) are crazy. That's all we'll say. Yeah. But hey, thanks for listening to Spawn so much. This is Liz. This is Kristen. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.